really got it bumping. Slick drop, boot to the face, we won't fold. Quick to put a dude in this place, he out cold with a tombstone. Grab of the waist, get laid flat. Can't escape, nowhere to go. The cage match, it's on now. When I spot him, it's no problem. Everybody stone cold till they hit with the rock bottom. Sharpshooter, I won't miss him like Bret Hart. Like Al Snow, they gon' need him a head start. I just might catch a better body than Mickey James. Get acquainted with the name, we bring in the pain. Like Kane in the ring, all I see is red. Paul Bearer, Undertaker, I can see the dead. John Cena putting hands in your face. Ted DiBiase got a milli on the waist. B2TF, better stay in your place. Or get smacked down, play it safe. What you talking about? Welcome to Boot to the Face. Chris Rucker, EJ Reed here on Twitch.tv, powered by FullPressCoverage.com. Go there for all your sporting wants and needs, where they will talk about the Miami Heat and their Game 7 romp of the Boston Celtics on their way to the NBA Finals. Baseball season's heating up. Hockey's got their Stanley Cup playoff combatants. Just a lot going on in the world of sports. EJ, how the hell are you doing? Good, man. I can't complain. Like you said, a lot going on in the sports world. Very whelming uh, NBA Finals that's about to come up. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Denver's just going to beat the dog shit out of Miami. <laughs> Most likely. That's why I said it's very whelming. Has Denver ever won the NBA title? No. Yeah, I didn't think they had. I think they've been, right? They've been before? No. Matumbo and been. Sean Kemp never went to the finals? Yeah, they did. No, that was Seattle. That was Seattle. Matumbo was with the Nuggets. Sean Kemp was with Seattle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, for some reason, I'm thinking Matumbo and they played against each other. That's when the Nuggets beat the Seah- the the. What the fuck was Seattle called? Supersonics, right? They beat them in game one, and Matumbo's like clutching the ball on the ground with his fucking mouth open. I think that, I think that was the Boston series where that happened. No, it was Denver versus Seattle. Denver was right. number Denver was, was number eight. Yeah, Denver was number eight. Was Seattle was number one, and Matumbo's like oh. laying on the ground clutching the ball at the end of it, like they had just won the championship, but they just won a fucking. That was when they had three game series. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Way. I might be mixing up Charlotte and Boston. I know Larry Bird lost to one of those teams on the okay, it had to have been Charlotte and Boston because they're in different conferences, so you're right. Yeah, that was Denver's in the West. So that, that was, was before uh that was before Sean Kemp got fat. When he yeah, was once he got the Cleveland it was over. Yeah. When he was still the rainmaker. Or the rain man. The rain man, that was his name. That motherfucker could dunk back in the day. I like when he he uh, dunked over dude and pointed to him. Yeah, Kemp Kemp had some really good highlights back then. Man, basketball used to be lit when I was a kid. I feel like I feel like when I was a kid, they just seemed way larger than life. It's probably like that for kids now, but they just seemed larger than life when I was coming up. It's because there was less transparency nowadays. You could see athletes all over social media. There's not that mystique behind them anymore. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, what the hell you been up to? How was your weekend? Memorial Day. Man, I did absolutely nothing on Memorial Day weekend except explore the out- outdoors and 
Sit on my couch. I saw you went on like a hike or some shit like that. Yeah, man. They got a bunch of hiking trails around here. I did like a five mile one, I think on Friday, and like a nine mile one on Monday. You know, get a little fresh air, get the juices flowing. That does not sound fun. You should go by yourself? Yeah. It's peaceful out there. How long did it take you? A couple hours? A nine mile one took me like three. <laughs> Shake your head. <laughs> it doesn't sound fun. It's peaceful, man. I could do like one mile. Cardio. And after that first, that? I could I could do one mile, and then after that mile, you turn around and go back to the car. Like mm, oh. you're walk you're walking though. So once you go like two miles out, you're like just stuck out there. So you better might as well complete it. It's easier to just turn back around though and go back to the car. You already left your breadcrumbs, you know. You know, there's no bears on the way back, no foxes, no mountain lions. I mean, these trails are like. Not in the middle of nowhere. They're, they're like in city limits, so you know the animals have pretty much been chased away. Hmm. It's not like in the middle of wilderness or anything like that. But you know, it's a good time. You should try it. Nah, I had a housewarming party this weekend. Uh, that uh, yeah, was, that was cool. How'd that go? It was well. A few people showed up. We just basically drank and played. Uh, uh, what the fuck is the name of the game? Cards Against Humanity. Played that and drank and just caught up. Like a couple friends from high school, one of the guys that was in my wedding, uh, another guy's wife, Tabitha was here, my buddy from work. Um, so yeah, it was it was just fun. It's I'll, I'll probably talk about this on the eighty proof tomorrow, but I feel like it's so hard the older you get to get all your friends together in one place again, like at the same time. I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody's got. Their schedules now and kids and jobs. So, but I mean, it was like you had a month notice, and still people were like, "I won't know until the day of." And it's like, oh, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Like, yeah. that's kind of how I am to an extent. It's, you know, stuff pops up at last minute. Nothing can pop up if you make fucking plans. Like I said, work stuff, family stuff pops out of nowhere. I feel like if somebody tells me, well, I got to see what I'm doing, that's basically saying if something else that I'm going to enjoy more comes up, then I'll go to that. But, you know, sometimes that's the situation, but sometimes, like, you forget about semi-important stuff. You're like, oh, snap, that's coming up? Yeah. And most of my friends do have kids and, like, shit like that now, because, you know, we're all late 30s, early 40s. So, baseball games and travel ball and cheerleading and the end of the year for school and it was Memorial Day weekend so like I get it I wasn't like upset it's just it's just hard to get everybody together again like unless it's a wedding or a fucking funeral like you're never guaranteed to have everybody in one place again I know right y'all played uh you said y'all played Cards Against Humanity yeah I feel like that's the basic chick party game now every party like I go to it Late twenties, early thirties, late thirties, all have cards against humanity. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, Tabitha has a game called Anomia. I don't know if you ever played that one, but she left it at her house, so we just picked up Cards Against Humanity for like just a. It's fun to just sit there and drink and do stupid shit like that, mindless, you know, little competition. Uh, nobody here plays spades besides me, so 
cards against humanity was the move. Well, I bet Carlos. I wonder why. Did. Were you were you the only black guy there? No, Carlos is here too. He don't play spades. He probably does, but he's not. A, <laughs> he also doesn't watch football. So what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you don't watch football, I feel like he has another interest in another area that makes up for him not watching football. It ain't sports. It's fucking remodeling his house. Really? No <laughs> hobbies, huh? Does like, he like to shoot guns or something like that? He's got chickens. 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 Chickens, kids, dogs, and remodeling. That's that's Carlos's life. No no hobbies like comic books, nothing? I mean, he told you he remodels his house. He's got him and his wife got a TikTok of them fucking redoing like their bathroom and all kind of other shit. Like they're just constantly working on their house. Okay. This is a judgment free zone, so you know. No, you can judge him. It's probably why he came over here to get away from all this shit. Um, <laughs> he's like, what? Yeah, I, I go somewhere? Hell yeah, I'm coming. So you bringing a wife? He's like, nope. I hope they're not. I hope they're not watching. <laughs> She's looking at him with side eye right now. <laughs> Hella side eye. Okay. Sometimes you just need to get away for a little bit, though. Yeah, I can't hate on it. I tell you what, I could have got away from, and that was all this fucking wrestling we had to watch this weekend. Oh, oh my goodness, man! Too you know, much wrestling, and my dumbass watch. Every single minute of it for some reason. Well, I guess because we got a show to do. That's part of the reason. I mean, it, it was good, though. Like, I don't think there was a bad show. Honestly, if I had to pick the worst show of the ones I watch, fucking Double or Nothing was probably the worst one. Mm. I, I thought NXT was really good. I thought Night of Champions was really good. I thought SmackDown was really good. Like, did you catch Emergence? What's emergence? Not emergence. I'm thinking of their other one. Hard to kill. Uh, not hard. It's not hard to kill either. It's a. Uh, it's another. It's a Steven Seagal movie. They had this one impact. Uh, uh, Steven Seagal. Hard to kill. Um, damn, I can't think of any Steven Seagal movies. And we, and we just under siege. I just looked at it. Uh, whatever pay per view they had, we both blanking on it. Under Siege, Under Siege. Yeah, that's the Steven Seagal one. That was before he was fat. Him and Sean Kemp, they both fell off in the fucking mid to late nineties. Mm. <laughs> you watch Under Siege? I feel like I would have whooped Steven Seagal's ass if I was a bad guy. He did the most basic jujitsu kung fu shit. I. It was like his feet didn't even move. He was just doing this shit right here. <laughs> like, the power was in his ponytail. Yeah, to whoop Steven Seagal's ass. You know he was a he's the one that taught Anderson Silva all his moves. Yeah, right. That's, <laughs> That's what he says. They got videos of him out there training, acting like he's teaching them stuff. <laughs> no, I didn't watch Under Siege. Uh I saw some of the clips. I saw your boy Steve Macklin in the main event bleeding all over oh. the place. It's fucking gross. Stapling PCO's lips together. Why would you let somebody staple your mouth together for a wrestling show? That's not even gonna, like not even a million people are gonna see. Clicks. Social media clicks. Not even a million social media clicks. And on top of that, like what do you get out of it? You know? You're not going to the WWE again because of that. Impact's 
AEW's not going to hire you. You're not going to go to New Japan now because you stapled your fucking mouth closed. Like, what's... Got some kind of sick fetish or some shit. Get the satisfaction from your pairs that you bled and put everything into it. That's what you get. Man, fuck Bully Ray. I don't need his satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, Bully Ray is awful. Y'all know how I feel about Bully Ray. Macklin's pretty terrible, too. It was a bloody match. I'll give it that. That's all I got. I'm still trying to figure out why Nick Aldis ain't put his hands on Bully Ray yet for fucking grabbing Mickey James as much as he was before Nick Aldis got there. I feel like that should have been Amen. fucking object one. You put your hands on my wife and I ain't have a contract here. Now I'm here. I'm going to beat your motherfucking ass. He ain't even so much as like gave him a side eye. This is wrestling, man. If it didn't happen before he got there, it didn't happen. Also, oh, we just supposed to forget about Bully Ray, like grabbing Mickey James by the hair and body slamming and shit. Yeah, Bully Ray's an asshole, man. What can what can I say? But no, I didn't watch Under Siege. Uh, I did watch SmackDown. I did see uh, <laughs> the best part of SmackDown was Jimmy Uso saying he's the tribal chief. For the past three years, EJ, it's taken Roman Reigns. Three months to get to the ring. <laughs> Another motherfucker called himself the tribal chief. <laughs> he was power walking to the ring. <laughs> His music didn't even come all the way on before he got there. That happened on Friday? Yeah, that happened on Friday. He said, I'm the tribal chief. And Roman came out there like, what the fuck? You the what Man. now? There's so much wrestling. I watched SmackDown. Like, for some reason, I don't remember Roman coming out after he said that. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's start from the beginning. Saturday, we, we kicked it off with WWE Night of Champions, which I thought was a really good show. Um, didn't they used to do these Saudi Arabia shows on like a Thursday? Yeah, they randomly used to do it during the week, like the super showdown. Cause I remember this is when I was in California. I remember I'd be at my office downtown and I have it all like on my little tablet off to the side because it'd be like on a random Thursday, and I have it on in the office. Yeah, I never, uh, I never understood why they would do it on a Thursday, but this one was on Saturday. Um, I honestly like sat in my recliner and fell asleep during some of it. Not because it was a bad show. I was just, I'm old. Um, <laughs> I can doze off at any minute. I fall asleep right now if you quit talking not, to me long enough. Not to cut you off, but I think I know why they used to do it on a Thursday. Uh, this is back before you know. Twenty nineteen, they moved SmackDown to Fridays, so they probably did it on Thursday so they get get back in time for the Monday Night Raw and then the thir- Tuesday Night SmackDown. Remember what SmackDown used to be on Tuesdays? Yeah. That's probably why they did it. I don't know. So they didn't have to pre-tape it back then, but now you got these pre-taped SmackDowns when they go over there now. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I I enjoyed uh, having a midday pay-per-view on. It was, And it went off, and it was like 4.30. It was like 5.30 after I got done watching it because I had to rewind it. But uh, the show was good, I thought, top to bottom. I disagree with a couple of the, the finishes, but... Uh, what were your big takeaways from Night of Champions? It was a well-paced show. I always dig when the shows are less matches. You know, sometimes less is more. Um, 
I thought the World Heavyweight Championship should have been on the main event, but storyline-wise, I understand why uh, the tag team match was on retroactively, but it wasn't a bad match on there. Um, I wasn't mad at any of the results. So, Like you said, it was a very good show. I found myself cheering for AJ Styles just because Rollins winning was very predictable, but when Rollins won, I was like, that makes sense. And I'll say this. From the time they debuted that title till now, I've done a complete 180 on it. I thought it was just a horrible looking belt. Now that I've seen like somebody wearing it and holding it up, it doesn't look that bad. It's actually pretty decent. I mean, aesthetically, I never had a problem with it. Oh, I did. I thought Lineage it looked like still a mess, but maybe we'll talk about that later. Yeah, it's they were there were rumors that it was going to take on the 2002 lineage, but apparently Seth Rollins is the first inaugural champion, so which is stupid in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So Seth beats AJ in a really good match. Um Becky Lynch and Trish, I thought they did I thought Becky did as good as she could do working against Trish. Um ugh. Trish is just not good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know another way around it. Like I'm watching that match and I'm just seeing her like not be able to keep up and Becky having to slow down for, and I'm not a pro wrestler. Like, I don't know the ins and outs of like how a match is supposed to go. I'm just telling you from watching this shit for 30 years to me, it looked like Trish couldn't keep up. Uh, and then speaking of somebody that can't keep up, you put Zoe Stark in the fucking storyline. She breaks Becky's nose. It looks like, uh, but Trish gets the win. She beats Becky Lynch with help of Zoe Stark and, now this is going to be her heater. So it'll be two on one, and God forbid they bring Lita back to help Becky. Oh, goodness. Uh, how'd you feel about this match? Happen. How'd I feel about the match? Maybe I wasn't watching it as closely as you were. But nothing that popped up that I saw that was pretty jarring about it being a bad match. I feel like it was decent. Nothing to rave about. Like, I guess I don't have, you know... The eyes of a lot of more seasoned wrestling fans. I didn't see uh, Trish being that much slower than Becky. I I didn't mean to say it was a bad match. It was a decent match. I just maybe I just don't like Trish. Now <laughs> she's wearing the shit out that bodysuit. Um, Whoa now. Yeah. So it's not that I don't like looking at Trish. I just don't like watching Trish wrestle. I'm just I, I'm just. I feel like what Becky said to her a couple weeks ago was the truth. Like, she's overrated, and if she was in this generation, she wouldn't be as heralded as she is from coming up in a generation she was in. Is that to say she's not good? That's not what I'm saying. I just don't think she's as good as everybody makes it out to be. And I just, I, don't know, I just never really liked her. I don't know why. I always, I was always Mickey James, Victoria, Gail Kim. Like, I just never. Like last week, we compared her and Nikki Bella. I think Nikki Bella's, Nikki Bella's ten times the wrestler Trish is. Hey, your opinion is your opinion. Uh, I feel like she's pretty neutral in my book. Still, in the I chat don't... says Trish never got the ring psychology as much as she just goes through the motions. That may be true. I just don't like them throwing her out there with a live mic every week. He's been pretty cringe on the mic in my opinion you know what's weird 
I feel the complete opposite. I feel like this is the best she's ever been on the mic. Really? Yeah, I mean, the bar is not that high, but I feel like I've enjoyed her on the mic with the thank you, Trish stuff. Like, to me, that's been the best part of her comeback. Um, giving the mic to Zoe Stark was clearly a mistake. But so, yeah, Trish gets the win over Becky. Uh, what would be a night of upsets in the women's division? Um, and then you had Bianca Belair defend the Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. Both women on SmackDown, by the way. So last night on Monday Night Raw, we didn't even get to see either one of them. And they're fighting for the fucking Raw Women's Championship. Go figure. Asuka defeats Bianca Belair, stops her almost 500-day reign as the Raw Women's Champion. Good move, bad move, good match, bad match. Another pretty good match. Um, Bianca had to lose the title eventually. Her dropping it at Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia is a pretty interesting move. If you're going to make Asuka beat her, why not do it at WrestleMania? So, But it was time for Bianca to lose it. I honestly would have preferred, I mean, revisionist history. I would have preferred if they were going to take the belt off over this face. They should just let EO take it from her at uh, Money in the Bank. Not Money in the Bank. What was it? Backlash. Um, I think that was the time to take it off of her. And this was the second big pay-per-view in a row. Bianca's got a lot of booze, man. So I think it's about time for him to switch her character. People are getting kind of burned out on her. Going back to EO, why put the belt on EO, though? It was just something fresh. The crowd was clearly behind her. She's a great wrestler. Like, why give it to Asuka? What's the like? What's the difference? Asuka and Bianca don't really have a story besides the fact Asuka keeps trying to spit in her face. Asuka, you know, she's a veteran. She's had the belt before. Give her exactly. another run with it. That's what give I'm saying. Give it, to, with it. You could have made Io by beating Bianca Belair. Bianca's dominated that division for over a year, and Io Sky beats her. You make another women's wrestler. Now you've added another main event level caliber women's wrestler to a depleted women's division. If EO beats Bianca Belair, stops her long ass run, and becomes Raw Women's Champion. You put it back on Asuka, it's kind of like been there, done that. I don't know, man. We've seen it kind of play out in the past similar to... What would have happened if you would have gave EO the title? They were hot in Puerto Rico, but then what happens when you come back in Kansas, USA, and the crowd just doesn't give a fuck? That maybe. same thing kind of happened to Liv Morgan. Maybe, but maybe I it doesn't. I got to see more. I got to see, you know, the flames clamoring over here stateside for EO, and then all right. Well, I don't think it's right, necessarily now. about the fans clamoring. I think it's more about she's a really good wrestler. She has a really good move set. She could work with anybody. You're just basically catapulting her to the main event scene. And at the end of the day, if the fans don't like her, she's a heel. You could still have Bailey cheating for her. So she could get over the cheap way by being a heel and cheating. Or she could turn or Bailey could turn on her if the fans do like her. Like you you had options with EO, something different. With Oscar, it's gonna be the same old shit. She's gonna be spitting mist in people's face. She's going to be acting a damn fool, and then somebody's going to beat her, and then she'll go back down the ladder again. Like, we've, we've been here. We've been here like six times. To your point, though, I wouldn't mind if Asuka is a transitional champion 
if you put the bet on, on EO, I want a solid run with EO, not for her just to be a transitional champion. Yeah. Um, what other matches were there from Knight of Champions off the top of my head? The other woman's title. Squash. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. On Natty's birthday. Poor Natty. Happy birthday. <laughs> you get beaten fucking 45 seconds. Um, we fly you all the way out here to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> it took you longer to get dressed than it did at this fucking match. That's tragic. Poor Natty. They do that shit to her all the time, I feel like. She's probably, you know, ready and willing to do it, but, you know, it's still a shame. That's a long-ass flight. Yeah. I mean, she's making that money, though. Yeah? Can't knock her for that. She's the longest tenured women's wrestler they got, right? It was Alicia Fox. Now it's Natty. Huh? I guess so. You said that. But before I forget about this, you already teased it twice. You talked about the world title and the Raw Women's title. We just talked about the SmackDown title. What's going on with this title situation? It's pretty confusing to me. The world title was supposed to have the lineage with the original world title, but now it's not. Both champions on opposite shows. Like, what are they doing? I feel like somebody's going to look up one day and be like, this is Monday Night Raw. Like, why the fuck has Rhea got a blue belt? Like, they, it's almost like they forgot that the SmackDown Women's Champion is on Raw and the Raw Women's Champion is on SmackDown. It's almost like they got so much other shit going on that they forgot. And they're like, oh, fuck. But I don't know. I, I, I could not explain it to you. You got to wait till Friday Night Smackdown to hear from your new Raw Women's Champion. <laughs> Monday's over with. It makes zero fucking sense to me. It's so confusing. Like you said uh, a week or so ago, they should just call one the Universal Women's Championship and one the World Women's Championship. Yeah. You don't have to worry about this stupid shit you know, anymore in the future. And give Roman one belt. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that, too. That's good, another like, good point. How you are you? How are you? Universal belt and the WWE belt. How are you a double champion? You know, how, how do you have two world titles and there's only two shows? But there's also a world title on the other show. So now there's three world champions on two shows. That makes no sense. Get a motherfucker one belt. They need to flush all of this out before SummerSlam. I, I, I don't understand what they got going on there. Um, speaking of championships, the man that's very close to beating Honky Tonk's record the ring general Gunther beats Ali. Um, actually, I thought the match was longer and more competitive than I thought it should have been. But Gunther's just, I like him. Yeah. Um, you know, they had to have uh, Mustafa Ali to get his hope spots in for the, that crowd, which. I kind of don't get because he's not even from there. He's from Chicago, but I guess they got the their religion ties though. Cause I saw like some footage of him out there and about exploring the city. But you know, the ring general, who's at the end of the day that nobody's touching him right now when it comes to 
that upper mid card level scene. Definitely. Um, other match we had on the night was Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. Cody passes out to the Kimura. <laughs> so stupid. I don't like. They're just insulting people's intelligence now. He passed out from the pain, I guess. <laughs> I'd rather go to sleep from an arm bar than tap out to Brock Lesnar. You get your arm, because that's what the Kamara does. It breaks your arm. You get your arm broken. You're not passing out. You're going to be awake and screaming in pain. Like, why don't they just call an audible if they wanted Cody not to tap? Have him batter his arm and then choke him out. It's the, old, choke. it's the old dusty spot, Dusty Rhodes. He used to do this shit with Ric Flair all the time. Ric Flair would put him in the fucking figure four, and instead of him giving up or tapping out, he would quote-unquote pass out and get pinned. He'd lay down on the fucking mat, and the referee would count to three. So he never gave up. He passed out and got pinned. He did that shit a lot. And Cody's basically doing the same fucking thing. The figure four spot kind of makes sense, though. You could get tired, I guess, from the pain, and then eventually just... But they made Cody you, seem like he went to sleep. But, I mean, Dusty was asleep, too. Like, you hear the referee counting to three. You're just going to well, ignore it. If he was eyes closed and asleep, then that's just as stupid as yeah. Cody passing out to the Kimura. And Cody wouldn't even ble- I can see if he was bleeding everywhere. Maybe blood loss. You know, like what happened with Austin. But just a fucking Kimura lock on a broken arm already? Come on. Get out of here. Yeah, now that you say that, that's the only reason why the Austin made sense because he was bleeding. If he wasn't bleeding, there's no reason he should pass out from a sharpshooter either. Yeah, fucking bleeding every blood loss. He's bleeding like a motherfucker. That's why they made t-shirts out of it. Man, uh, whoever was the backstage producer to setting this up should have probably told Cody no. That sounds like he said. It sounds like it was a Cody idea. I'll say this, though. I, I'm going to give Cody, you know, I Cody's my guy. Believe it or not, like if people just started listening to Boots of the Face in the past month or so, you probably think I don't like Cody. I actually like Cody a lot. When this feud started, Cody's smaller than Roman Reigns. So seeing him face to face with Brock, I thought would look bad when they got in the ring. He's holding his own, man. He's fucking. It was believable, him versus Brock. So I will give Cody that. Like he's he's making me believe that he could fight Brock. Cody's no shrimp in there, man. He's, you know, built pretty well. So when he does, like you said, when he does get in the Wrangler Brock, it looks believable. He's not like Daniel Bryan in I mean, there. Cody's like 205, 210. Mm, yeah. It seems like he's about 220. Nah, Cody's, I don't know. Maybe he, he maybe he beefed up, but I remember, I remember in AEW, he was like bragging about like, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm 203 pounds. I was like, that's, that's pretty fucking small. Nah, he's like six foot something, isn't he? There's no way he's about only six feet. Something. Maybe six uh, feet. Like you said, it still looks believable. And I like the way I like the way they're uh, laying this out with Cody's storyline. Even though I don't like the Kamara pass out, they're not shoving them down our throats. They're kind of slowly building them back to eventually maybe getting a title shot. So. Thus far, they've done a good job with it. Google's got Cody listed at six foot one, two hundred twenty pounds. 
Yeah, that's what, he looked, that's what I thought. He was like around 220-ish. That's what, because he mm, looks like he's been hitting the gym a little bit. He doesn't look like a small dude. They also have The Miz listed at 6'2", 220 pounds. Mm, I thought Miz is a little bit, I thought he'd be a little bit more than that. By the way, uh, we probably won't talk about this, but while we're talking about The Miz, this dude been putting in work the last like month or so in the ring. Like, Miz been working his ass off in the ring lately. Mm. Every time his match is on a Raw, I'm usually eating or doing something else, so you're probably right. Miz been putting on Miz been put on some really good matches. And it's like every time I stop liking the Miz, he'll bring Maurice back and then I gotta pay attention to him. Or like he'll put on some really good matches. I'll be like, fuck, I I forget I like the Miz. I don't I don't hate the Miz. I feel like he's stuck in like wrestling purgatory right now. He's just putting people over. I'd I mean, love to be in wrestling purgatory with Miz. That dude's got so much fucking money and never gets hurt because he doesn't work a crazy style. They can send him wherever they want. He can easily get heated up to go to the main event like he did a couple years ago when he cashed in on Drew McIntyre. Like I I think Miz for a guy that's not the top star in the world I think Miz has the perfect fucking wrestling career if you were looking to be a pro wrestler longevity title reigns money fame hot ass wife like what more do you want from being a pro wrestler you could be Dolph Ziggler be completely under the radar and still make millions nah Dolph ain't had no fucking career like the Miz has well of course not but He's still flying under the radar, doing the bare minimum right now, and still getting be paid millions. I mean, I don't know what they each make, but I, I think the Miz has the best fucking like. If you lay out, I want to be a pro wrestler, and you lay out the Miz's career. He started out doing the fucking diva search competitions and shit like that, which is I think how he met Maurice. Ends up winning the fucking world title main event in WrestleMania. Goes to the mid card, becomes like a nine time intercontinental champion or some shit like that. And then ends up getting the WWE title again. Works all this PR for him, got his own reality show. Like, this guy's a fucking guy. <laughs> if you think about it, Miz is the man. Miz is living the dream. Yeah. It's a fucking Miz, Miz, Miz Stan podcast now. Uh, main event time. Solo Sokoa and the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns take on your undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. All hell broke loose, EJ. Um, <laughs> late in the match, Roman comes in. He goes down. The Usos, I'm sorry, Roman and the referee go down. The Usos come in. They're super kicking everybody. They go to double super kick Sammy and they super kick Solo. Roman sees this, loses his shit, starts pie-facing both of them. Shut your punk ass up. What the fuck you doing here? You a little bitch. Turns around, walks straight into a super kick. Pow! From Jimmy Uso. Jay's like, what are you doing? You can't do that. Went to check on him. Jimmy said, nah. Fuck that. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Kicked his ass again in the face. <laughs> My grandma used to say, before I take it back, I'm going to add more to it. And that's what Jimmy Uso did. <laughs> the bloodline's in shambles, EJ. Where do we go from here? 
Also, Sammy and KO get the win by pinning Solo. Where do we go from here? I don't know. Um, I know, but I don't know how they're going to lay it out. I, of course, I think it's going to be a tag team match between Solo and Roman and the Usos, but does that have that money in the bank? Do one of the Usos get a title shot at SummerSlam? So, man, this Bloodline storyline, it hit a little bit of a lull after WrestleMania. It's back now. It's back. It went zero to a hundred real quick. They can heat that shit up so quick. Yeah. It's I just had an idea when you that. said does one of the Usos get a title shot at SummerSlam? How about there's tension with Solo and Roman, you know? Roman bumped into Solo the other day. They didn't win. Roman probably is gonna blame Solo after fighting the Usos. What about a fucking four way match? A bloodline four-way match for the fucking undisputed championship at SummerSlam in the main event. Uso versus Uso versus Solo versus Roman. I wouldn't be mad at that. You can tease like some, you know, dissension between Jay and Jimmy over the next few weeks, a couple months or whatever. Whenever SummerSlam is. Like Jay, you know, Jay still under that that thumb of Roman, I hate that. Like, Why'd you do that? And Nothing. Jimmy, you know, Jimmy was like, "Man, he's punking you." Yeah, well, you gonna listen to this guy? Fuck so, that nigga. Yeah, they can, <laughs> they can tease. They can, you know, build that up between the next few weeks. So I wouldn't be mad at that if it all led to a four way match at SummerSlam. It just Take bothers me that everybody stood up to Roman except for Jay when Jay was the first one. Like he, to me, I think they've already lost something by not only Sammy hitting Roman but Jimmy just like after like a week and a half of Roman talking shit to him he's like you know what fuck you I'm kicking in the face meanwhile Jay's like bending over backwards to make Roman happy but I don't know I, I hope I'm wrong I hope when Jay finally does lose his shit with Roman it gets the reaction but I feel like they've watered it down by letting two other people do it first but it kind of makes sense though because it's- Jay went through the most shit, the, and then he finally broke down and you know acknowledged them. I feel like when Jimmy came back, Jimmy was like kind of worried about it, but then all it took was him, I think, winning the tag team championship. He like, yeah. all right, you're right, you're trouble you. Jimmy just so, kind of fell in line once they won. Yeah, so none of them went through the ringer like Jay did. So I think it's all building up. I think they know what they're doing, man. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously they know. Like this has been the best storyline and. Fucking 30 years, you know? It's been three years running now. Clearly, they know what they're doing. You know, I'm just doing my little fucking fantasy booking thing. Like, I wanted it to be Jay to be the first one. And I wanted nobody to see it coming. And now that two people have already... T- you're kind of like... It's kind of like... It's clearly going to happen now. Like, you're just waiting to see when. Honestly, I thought it was going to happen Saturday. When Jimmy first kicked him and Roman was on his knees... I thought Jay was about to just fucking wipe him out. I kind of like how, you know, they're stretching this out because, like you said, it started with Jay. So it should be him being the last one to finally turn his back on Roman. And we still don't know what Solo's going to do, too. So we should see, we need to see how that plays out as well. When uh, Jay came back 
a couple months ago and turned on Sammy. And they were beating the shit out of him. And then Cody ran out there. And it was Jay, Jimmy, and Solo. And Jay was in the lead dog position. I thought, that's going to be the fucking bloodline from here on out. Hmm. As Jay is the leader? Jay is the leader, yep. And then eventually Solo turns on him and he takes over. Like, you, you can't stay in a group like that that long without somebody wanting to be the lead guy. But, yeah, it's it's really good storyline. But the way how it's playing out, I think once it's over, it's over. I don't think anybody's going to take that leadership role. But yeah, I wouldn't be mad at that, though. How about your boy Kevin Owens coming out last night with a We The Ones t-shirt on? <laughs> Man, how did I miss that? I watched Raw, but I didn't even see the shirt he was wearing. Oh, my God. It just uh, You know what? For years, I did not like Kevin Owens. I fucking love this guy now. Like, he was so funny last night. He's like, come on, do, the, do that thing you do where you, where you say the words really funny. And it makes me chuckle. And then he got mad at Imperium for coming out. He's like, y'all are breaking the rules. Like, nobody said your name. Like, that was th- funny. Yeah, this is WWE shit. Like, what are y'all doing? That was funny. The crowd popped for that. Hey, Kevin's been hitting it out of park from what he's been given. Hats off to him. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about AEW Double or Nothing, and then we'll give our power rankings, EJ. That and much more here on Boot to the Face. Please stay tuned. Welcome back, Boot to the Face. Chris Rucker, EJ Reed here on Twitch.tv. Once again, powered by FullPressCoverage.com. Go there for all your sporting wants and needs. EJ, I said when we got back, we were going to talk about AEW Double or Nothing. I completely forgot about NXT. Um, NXT Battleground was also running up against AEW Double or Nothing. How'd you feel about this? And we'll we'll run through these matches really quick as well. Uh, How'd you like this pay-per-view? So... I give this pay-per-view a B plus. Oh. But my grading criteria is a little bit on a different scale for NXT because, you know, it had the 2.0 era. And now I kind of feel like they're building back up to, you know, the vibe that they had in the black and gold era, kind of. That crowd was pretty hot there in uh, Massachusetts. And... As far as like overall wrestling over the weekend, I think this NXT card probably had the best quality wrestling out of this Double or Nothing or Night of Champions, in my opinion. I don't disagree with you. Um, I think NXT is. I think wrestling fans we get hung up on the little shit so much. Like they switched it from black and gold. I don't like it as much anymore. Like, yeah, they did a hard reset, but, like, they still got really good wrestling. They still got really good stuff. It's still NXT, you know? Um, but I I thought this pay-per-view was really fucking good. Uh, NXT does this thing that not a lot of companies can do. I can sit down, and I can watch their pay-per-view, and it's people that I don't give a fuck about, and I'm still intrigued when the match starts and I'm a, I'm a storyline guy I'm not a work rate 
junkie, you know? Like, I don't need to see you doing 18 somersault fucking leg drops and shit like that. I like the story. Like, if I know why y'all are fighting, that makes the moves better to me. But for some reason with NXT, I can tune in to their pay-per-views and just sit there and watch it. And I thought I thought the pay-per-view was really good, too. I'd probably give it a B as well. Yeah, I gave like I said, I gave it a B plus because it was just good. I feel like it was the best just straight up wrestling show of the weekend. Uh, NXT North American Championship: Wesley versus Joe Gacy and Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate strong as fuck. That was what that was my big takeaway from this match. That's a strong motherfucker. Didn't he had a spot where he had he had both of them up at the same time? That is a so crazy. Yeah, that is a strong motherfucker. Um, Wesley gets the win. Good for him. I I thought I think the last like two or three pay per views I thought he was gonna lose, and he just keeps on fucking winning. Yeah, you picked him though. I picked Gacy, but you know Wesley shut me up. So. Uh, the Heritage Cup: Noam Dar versus Dragon Lee. Um, Dar gets the win, two to one, because Jakar and uh, oh, what's my girl's Last name? Last Legend. Last Legend run out. First off, Noam Dar. What what's he know that we don't know, EJ? I feel like this guy is always surrounded by just top tier uh, compadres. We'll call it. I don't know his history. Was it, was that the case in UK? No, he was with um. Fuck, who was he with the last time? Hold on, let me. No. I didn't watch NXT UK. Dar. But he's got a crew full of us. <laughs> kind of weird optics since he's the leader of it, but I'm not mad at it. I guess got the flavor in there. I wonder <sighs> what they're gonna call themselves, the Oreo Crew. Damn, I can't think. I can't remember the the other woman's name that he used to be with, but he's he's got a history. Put it like that. He's got a history of uh of being yeah, having the juice. Let's just say that. <laughs> he gets the win over Dragon Lee. I've never seen Dragon Lee wrestle. I was I was impressed by him. I mean, he came in with a you know a lot of hype behind him. Uh, was he? He's Rooster's brother, isn't he? Is he? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah Roosh and the other guy in AEW. Uh, yeah, last man standing match with Dragonoff versus Dijak. Uh, I'm not a big Dragonoff guy, right? Like a lot of people, a lot of people love this guy. He took an ass whooping, and did you see his arm? Like the the bruise and the welts and the indentions and shit from getting hit with that kendo stick. Um, and then I saw Dijak and I was like, man, this dude, he was supposed to be up next. Him and Keith Lee, when they were doing their thing on NXT five, six, seven years ago, they were supposed to have next. And here he is still in NXT, but still killing it. Uh, but Dragonoff wins another really good hard hitting match. You kind of took the words out of my mouth because going into this, like I didn't really expect much from this match because I wasn't really, you know, in the loop. I don't know. I've been watching NXT, but, you know, this has kind of been like a side story. But now that I think about it, retroactively looking at it, Dragunov put classics on with Walter, Gunther, yep. and Dijak, all those matches, like you said, he had with Keith Lee were bangers. So 
put those two together, it's a banger. So it was a hard hitting match, and those two threw the kitchen sinks at each other. So mm. I enjoyed that match. Uh, NXT Tag Team Championships Gallus versus the Creed Brothers. Gallus gets the win to retain the tag titles. Uh, this one wasn't really for me. That That is one thing the NXT doesn't have that I don't care about. Their tag division, I don't, I just, I don't really, I don't care. I think recently, I may be wrong, but may, I think they've been leaning into a lot of the UK talent for the tag team and I'm not familiar, and it might not just mean me. Like maybe other people that watch too that aren't too familiar with the UK brands. I don't even know what Gallus is really about. I didn't watch yeah. the NXT UK, so I, I watched. Maybe the, that's the disconnect for me. I watched the NXT UK's women division because Tony Storm was over there. Uh, Rhea Ripley, B Priestley. They had a really good women's division over there. Isla Dawn, uh, Alba Fire, like. They had a really good one. So I would watch that. I wouldn't really watch Pete Dunne and uh, Tyler Bate and the rest of them. But I don't know. I just I feel like their tag division has has where they've made up from in the women's division and the world title division and the uh, North American championship. I think they've lost luster in the tag division. But the match wasn't bad, though. I feel oh, like no. uh, Julius Julius Creed. He showed out. I think this kid has it. Yeah. As far as in ring, I don't know if he has the gimmick yet, though. You're absolutely right. It was it was a good match. I'm just I'm I'm not interested in anybody that was involved in it. Yeah, me either, really. But you know, that's one of the matches where I just sit back and enjoy it for what it was. But I'm not really into any of those guys, especially Gallus. NXT Women's Championship Final. Tiffany Stratton versus Lyra Valkyria. Valkyria? How do you say her last name? I have no clue. Valkyria? Uh, I don't know. Now I don't know how to say it. Valkyria? <laughs> I always thought it was Valkyrie, but uh, it looks maybe. weird. Uh, Valkyrie. Stratton defeats her to become the new NXT Women's Champion. And I I don't, I can't remember if it was you. I was podcasting with her, Marty, when I first saw Tiffany Stratton. And I said, she's going to be a fucking star. Um, she's athletic as fuck. I, I know she's been compared to Charlotte. I think she's... What little, I see. Huh? I said, that's what I see. I think she's a little more crisper. I think she's a little... Her timing's a little better. Like, I, I'm i not going to say she's better than Charlotte. Well, I can, because I don't think Charlotte's that good, but... I think comparing her to Charlotte is just a really athletic blonde woman <laughs> comparing Man. her to Charlotte, which is what people do with all the black wrestlers. But I, th- I think she's going to be really fucking good to have the match that they had for over 10 minutes. They wrestled and for her to hit that picture. Perfect fucking jump on the middle rope, jump on the top rope moonsault at the end of the match. That has to like that has to be up there with athletic feats that you don't see a lot in wrestling. To wrestle as long as they did, and then to be able to do that, like that shit was impressive. Hey, they got one over me because I thought when uh, they did the little leapfrog, I guess I, I thought she really did fuck up. Mm. When uh, what's her name, Valkyrie? Yeah, you know, you know the spot I'm talking about. Yep, yep, yep. 
I thought she really, I thought she just tripped up, but I guess they're milking that injury. So it fooled my mark ass. Yeah, uh, the prettiest moonsault ever is what she calls it, and yeah. that's and that's what you do when you're a heel, and you do a high flying move like that. You name it something so fucking outrageous that <laughs> people hate. So they just gonna straight up just steal Christopher Daniels shit. He had the BME, the best moonsault yeah. ever, not I the prettiest. That's like an ode to him, though, isn't it? He maybe wasn't even really in the company like that. Maybe she, maybe he trained her. She was fucking Christopher Daniels' chick back in the day. She's a fallen angel. Maybe, but you know, it was a good match. I mean, I don't really like scratching on the mic like that. She's good in the ring. I feel like she's a little bit robotic on the mic, and this and that and that. I feel like it should be a little bit more natural, but. She should get that in time. She's yeah. young. I think she was born in like 99 or something. Damn. Yeah. I uh, I thought her and Lash Legend were going to have a... And it's still time. I thought they would have the feud to take NXT to the next fucking couple years. I think it's her and Roxy, man. Yeah, you could be right. Shout out to Roxy and Indy Hartwell, Mandy Rose, and JC Jane for their Memorial Day photo shoots. I caught a glimpse of it. Me too, just a glimpse. Just a little peek. Uh, main event time. Braun Breaker loses again to Carmelo Hayes for the NXT Championship. Another really good match. Melo's just. I think. I really like Melo, but I think he does like one too many like high flying moves. I don't like his finishing move. I don't like his finishing move at all. It fucking leg drop off the top rope. Leg drop on the back of the neck. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, this man, Melo, he's pretty smooth at, like, everything. But, like you said, he may be doing a little bit too much high flying because he almost damn near killed himself flying out of that. He did the flip out of the rope and, like, Braun barely caught him towards the beginning of the match. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what I was just saying with Tiffany Stratton, you get late into a match and you all that jumping around and shit. Like the timing's not what it needs to be, cause you're you know you're tired. Like obviously the guy's in incredible shape, but I don't know. I think he just does one too many like springboard jump off the top rope type moves. I I think he needs a different finishing move. He needs something yeah. he can just fucking hit you like quickly. Yeah, I never really like moves where it depends on how the person is positioned like that. Yeah. It's kind of unbelievable. Like, somebody's going to be perfectly bent over for you to do a leg drop every single time. Like you said, I wish it would be like a more quick move that you could do anywhere and out of nowhere. Honestly, I I think that springboard DDT he does could be his finishing move. Like, if he sets it up correctly where the person's not looking, they got their back turned and he hits them with that, I think that could be his finishing move. Like, it's still a, a move jumping off the ropes, but I just, I just think that leg drop was just one too many, like, it was kind of anticlimactic, too. When he hit it, I was like, well, Braun's going to kick out of this. And he didn't. I was just like, wait, that's the end of the match? Yeah. He could use a different finishing move. That might be something that they tweak once he goes up to the main roster. 
I can't, I don't even know who to compare Melo to. I think he's just himself. Like I don't really think of anybody before him because he's not the biggest guy, but he's not like a straight up high flyer. He's like a hybrid of, you know, technical and a little bit of high flying. Yeah, he's like a a, a mix between like Ricochet and Chad Gable. Yeah, that'd probably be like a really good comparison uh, now that you said that. Because you're right, he doesn't fly around as much as Ricochet does. But he can he can do mat wrestling and technical wrestling. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a and about the same size as both of them too. Uh, I really like Melo though. You know, like I know I'm sitting here bitching about how many high flying moves. I really like Melo. I think he's smooth as shit in the ring. <clears throat> I hope they, I kind of hope, but I don't hope that they turn trick on them. I feel like that'd be a good storyline. I've been you know, waiting. I like those two together. I've been waiting on it. I kept, I, every time he wins, I think it's going to happen. Like, I thought it was going to happen this week. There, I don't know if you noticed this. After he won, Trick was standing, like, behind the commentator's table, and he, like, ran to the ring and, like, dove in. And it was, I don't, it was like, off camera, but I called it. And it seemed really dramatic. And I was like, oh, shit, is this where he turns on him? And then he just fucking held his hand up. But I'm with you. I, I think that's going to happen sooner than later. Trick was cracking me up when uh, Melo had the leg lock on him. And Trick was, like, coaching him on the sideline, <laughs> flexing. And then, uh, yeah, like, I, I like how NXT kind of, like, trained us to watch it to the end. When those credits go, you don't know what's going to happen. And that's what I was expecting. But... You know, they held off on it, which I like as well. Yep. Uh, let's get into AEW Double or Nothing because we still got power rankings after this, EJ. And I, I think this might take about 20 minutes to get through. AEW, uh, the buy-in, the Hardys and Hook defeat Ethan Page and the Guns. Uh, I Honestly, I didn't watch it. So if you want to talk about it, you're more than welcome to. I watched it. Uh, might be time for Jeff Hardy to hang it up. Oof. He off. He slipped off the top rope trying to do the I think it was the whisper in the wind and it was bad throwaway match um, yeah uh, might be it for the Hardys yeah I, I've, I saw the, the clips and stuff like that online and just no thanks uh, you had the battle royal for the all the AW International Championship. Orange Cassidy gets the win to retain. AEW can book the shit out of Battle Royals. I'm never not entertained by their Battle Royal. They know, for some reason, they know how to like interweave the storylines in their Battle Royals. Is you had the uh, Swerve and the Swerve and his little group in there. And then you had the Keith Lee, that little thing they had going on. And then Best Friends saving Orange Cassidy throughout it. And a few other things. Uh, Bullet Club Gold and Ricky Stark. So I really enjoyed the hell out of this. Uh, they started off hot with this. And Orange Cassidy coming through again, showing you why he's the workhorse champion of the year so far. <laughs> Somebody asked him... Uh if he thought he was one of the best wrestlers in the world, and he said no. <laughs> he said, I'm not even close. 
Orange Cassidy. <laughs> right. He said, nope, not even close. But I think that's bullshit. I think this guy's really fucking good. Um, he just lacks the size. But he can go with anybody. He, you know, he had a good match with fucking Big Cass. How many people can say that shit? Not many. Exactly. Orange Cassidy and like maybe Carmella, but we don't have a <laughs> we don't we don't have access to those matches. That's not that's a different platform. You maybe that might leak in the future. Speaking of uh, think, women, think Danielson because remember him and Danielson, or well, Brian Daniel, they yeah, had like a little thing in WWE. I don't think they had good matches. Nah, I just. They tried their best to get him over, and he couldn't. But Orange Cassidy got him to a good match. But, yeah, OC keeps the title. Uh, really good stuff at the end between him and Strickland. Um, Orange, is just, Orange is the guy, man. He really is. Honestly, I I thought they should have put the world title on him a couple years ago when he wrestled Pac and Omega. Like, I thought that was the time. Obviously, if he ever wins the world title, the crowd's going to fucking go crazy, but... I thought when he wrestled Pac and Omega in a triple threat, like, if they would have pulled the trigger and put the title on him then, that would have been amazingly good. Even if they would have just had Omega win it back the next week, it would have been, like, a good little moment. Yeah. Go back to. Yep. Uh, Let's see. You had Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho in an unsanctioned match with Sabu as a special enforcer. I think I got up and like went to the bathroom or something during this. When I came back, Sabu was gone. Mm, not even gonna lie, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to this because I was cooking at the same time. Um, I think this is kind of where they lost the crowd a little bit, especially with that weird ass finish where yeah, it was a TKO. He just beat him. I don't know. I picked Jericho to win it because I thought it would throw another little fold into that storyline but I guess they're done with it no because they're not done with it because they have a tag team match on Wednesday so I don't know what's going on pretty wonky match uh, you had the AEW World Tag Team Championships FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal I'm not gonna lie I picked Jeff Jarrett and Lethal to win and when Jeff hit the stroke on Dax and the ref went to counting. I said, oh, my God. These motherfuckers about to win the tag titles. Um, FTR ends up getting the win to retain. Karen Jarrett hits Aubrey in the face with a guitar. Thank you, Karen. Um, I forgot you don't like Aubrey. Nah, not at all. She just, she, just, she just does too much, you know. It's the referee's yeah, job. That, the referee's job in wrestling is to not be seen. And I feel like she does everything to be seen. That's her gimmick, man. Yeah, that's why I don't like it. That's why I don't like it. Earl Hebner wasn't seen in the match until that big fucking angle with his brother. Nick Patrick, nobody gave a fuck about him until he started turning heel. But he never, like, in the middle of the match, did all these fucking weird movements and all these extracurriculars that she does, like... Just count the fucking count, lady. Hey, she got hers, though. Like you said, Karen Jarrett with the guitar. Karen, don't play uh, that shit. Nothing particular popped out 
in this match that I noticed. I mean, it was what it was. It could have been on Dynamite, in my opinion, not a pay-per-view spot. You only have four pay-per-view, or I guess five, if you conclude Forbidden Door. But it's okay. Uh, the TNT ladder match championship. I'm sorry, the TNT championship match, which is a ladder match between Christian Cage and Wardlow. Uh, Wardlow retains with help from Arn Anderson and interference from Luchasaurus. And I just want to say, keep Arn Anderson the fuck away from physical contact in wrestling. It's 2023. The man can barely walk. He does not need to be doing things in the ring for stuff like this. It doesn't look good. I don't even give a fuck about his safety, right? He's a grown man. If he thinks he's unsafe, he can save it. But just aesthetically, it does not look good. Um, also, they did the... Is this the match they did, the blood capsule? Yeah, it was Arn Anderson because he bit... Uh, he bit Luchasaurus's fingers or whatever. So cheesy. Why'd they do that? It was corny. I don't know. I don't even know why R. Anderson is with Wardlow. I don't think point. they ever explained it. Yeah. This also could have been a dynamite match. Um, nothing. Oh, I did like uh, Wardlow come off the ladder. I did like that part. Ah, that's a big motherfucker to be jumping off the top of a ladder like that. <laughs> That shit look I bet I bet for the people there that got that on film or video, whatever you want to call it on their iPhone, I bet that's a fucking great uh a great video to have. Like that's a big fucking dude coming off the top of that ladder going through a table. That was a really high ladder too. Yeah. And shout out to the Besides referees that, for holding yeah. the ladder too, because you know, they want yeah. they don't want the guys to die. You said the referee was holding a ladder? Yeah. Everybody's making fun of it. I I think that's a necessity. Like, referees have always stood on the ladders and held them when people were jumping off of them. I really never really noticed, so I guess that's a good job on their part. But every time it happens, people always call it out on social media. Yeah, only with AEW, though. For some reason, AEW just can't fucking... Like, people love the shit on AEW for doing stuff, but you go back and watch any of those TLC matches and shit like that, like, referees and other wrestlers and all that, like, everybody's always on the ladders. One of my favorite fucking spots from a Money in the Bank match was Shelton Benjamin running up the fucking ladder and clotheslining Jericho, and underneath the ladder, Christian's literally, like, laying down, holding on to it to make sure the ladder doesn't move while Shelton's running up it. Like, this shit's, it's not new. These people doing this, but I guess these are new wrestling fans. Um, AEW Women's World Championship match. Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. I pretty much predicted how this was going to go. Yeah, I mean, the rumor out there was that um, Jamie was hurt, and that appears to be true. She still... I guess it was a squash match. I mean, she it was like a six or seven minute match. Can't be too much of a squash. But Jamie Hayter, who's terrific in the ring, it kinda is. Yeah. Uh Tony kicked out of her clothesline though. Uh but Tony Storm's your first ever two time women's champion. Uh a lot of people shit on this, but I think with the cards they were dealt, I liked it. Uh they just do 
so much little shit where it's like, what were y'all thinking? Fucking Paige and Ruby Soho beat the dog shit out of out of uh, Jamie Hayter for like two or three minutes. And Britt Baker doesn't run out until the match already starts to help her. Like, where the fuck were you at? Bah. Yeah. They dropped the ball on that one. And then fucking, uh, what's my girl's name? Sheeta comes out later with a kendo stick. Like, what were you doing? Like, where were y'all at when they were fucking? <laughs> where were your antennas? <laughs> yeah, when you when they were punting her down the fucking ramp. Um, Tony Storm gets the win. I'm not mad at that. I'm a big Tony Storm fan. I, you know, these are probably my two favorite women's wrestlers in AEW. Uh, this side of Jade Cargill, who we'll talk about later. So them trading the titles, I don't mind. Tony Storm, you know, she was interim champion. After she lost it, they changed it to actual being the champion. So for her to be the first women's champion to win back to to win two titles, I think is uh it's a feather in her cap. Yeah. Um I'm hoping they're setting something up for these two at uh, all in. Hopefully Hater will be healed up by then. Uh AEW World's Trios Championship, the acclaimed and Daddy Ass versus the House of Black. This match was fine. I like the little house rules they have, but it wasn't really hitting with the crowd like that. I mean, they kind of built it up to it prior to this with uh, the acclaim winning the, they had like a trios battle royal or something like that, but they didn't announce the match. They came out as surprise uh, participants, which kind of didn't help. Maybe that's why the crowd was kind of sitting on their hands during this match, but it was fine. I feel like this is the uh, this is like an NXT match for me. Like I'm not into the House of Black at all, but I can watch whatever trios match they're in and be entertained with it. Like they're always really good. Um, House of Black retains. I love the lighting that they use during their match. Also, is it's a different vibe. It's you know people were comparing it to the Fiend. I thought the Fiend lighting was annoying. I think this is cool. Um, so shout out to House of Black uh, retaining the trios championships. TBS championship match: Taya Valkyrie versus Jade Cargill. Jade gets the W, and then go ahead. How do you feel about this first part of the match? Shout out to Jade for her entrance, though coming out with the AKAs. Yep, and the little. Scroll down the ramp way. So shout out to that. As far as the match goes, it was fine. Um, I know you don't like Taya, but at all, I think uh, physique wise, she matches Jade pretty well. She's a little bit shorter, but the match was fine. I picked Jade to win, and she did win. But like you said, it was a little bit of extracurricular activity after the match. I don't understand how Statlander, like, I know they do, like, open challenge stuff, but if you want a babyface to beat an undefeated heel, is, like, cashing in a Money in the Bank contract really the best way? Because that's pretty much what this was. Jada just had a match. Statlander came out and surprised her and beat her in, like, three minutes. This woman was 60-0, and and this is how you have her lose? 
Come on. Y'all got like y'all got to do better than that. 60 and have, 0. How would you have liked them to take the belt off of her? If you're going to have Statlander come back and be the one to take it, have Statlander come back and challenge her and take it at all in in a fucking normal one-on-one match where she didn't just wrestle another match. She wrestled two matches. And that's how that taints Statlander's win over her. So yes, like Statlander's the first one to beat her, but she also just had another fucking match like right before that. So in my eyes in my eyes if, if it was just a regular one-on-one match, Statlander wouldn't have beat her. I get your gripe, but I think that's how they wanted it to play out, you know, which is not, you know, it's not good on Statlander looking from the outside in. Yeah. It makes Statlander look weak, but I think the amount of promo they've been putting into this Jade run that they wanted the aesthetics to be that the only way you could beat her is if she just comes off another match that she's, you know, tired from. Like I said, which doesn't look good on Statlander's part. It makes your new champion look kind of weak, but the way they've been building Jade up over these past years, they wanted to make it look like it'll take a Herculean effort to take that bet off of her, which they kind of accomplished since you that's the gripe that you brought up. Why did I let her go to 100 now? I think I heard her taking some time off, so maybe it's some personal reasons, injury reasons. I could understand that if that's what it is, but I just feel like you don't have a streak like this too often. You had Goldberg and you had the Undertaker at WrestleMania. And I think Kurt Angle was undefeated for a while. Or was it Taz? I can't remember if it was Taz or Kurt Angle that were undefeated. No, it was Kurt Angle and Taz beat Kurt Angle. But you don't have stuff like Asuka, I guess, was a good one also. Um... It doesn't happen often. That's five people I named in the history of fucking pro wrestling that start out with these incredible winning streaks. And you have her defeat a really good opponent in everybody else's eyes, not mine. Um, and then somebody come out and challenge her right after. I, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't it make was, sense. It was kind of lazy. Um, but that's kind of how you kind of back yourself into a corner Giving her that type of streak with a mid-card belt, you got to get her off that belt somehow. And, you know, the next step is for her to probably go to the main event scene. So, But it wasn't a mid-card belt when she got to, like, 25-0 and 0 anymore. Like, that's the belt now because all the world champions have lost. She hadn't. Is it, though? I mean, I feel like Jamie Hader's belt still had more clout to it. I feel like they booked up until <laughs> Sunday night. I feel like they booked the TBS champion better than they booked all the women's world champions because they would book the women to win the title. And then once they would get it, they would just fall off. They kept Jade there and then elevated her after she had won the title. Like I think, I think it's just a product of who they put it on. Now that it's on somebody new, I think you'll see, the TBS belt rotate a little bit more. Yeah. It definitely They'll won't. Probably it, pass it around like the TNT title now. It's definitely a mid-card title now that Statlander has it. Ooh. Hot take. That's not really hot. I mean, 
Never mind. I, I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm wishing ill will on people. So she's I'm, got. She's got the look. She's just injury prone. She does. She's got a really good. Now she dumped that alien shit too. Like, I like Statlander. I just. I think this is an awful fucking way to do it. Like, awful. Wait. When all else fails, blame Tony Khan. The four pillars match for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. MJF retains over Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Jumping Jack Perry. And I'm going to tell you, the best part of this match was when Darby Allen flipped over the top of MJF to hit him with like a flipping stunner. And MJF was going, what the fuck? That was pretty funny. (laughs) MJF, man, he's... Highly entertaining. Yeah. I highly enjoyed this match, man. A lot of flippy dippy stuff. If you're not into that, I guess you wouldn't enjoy it if you're all about psychology. But I, this is when the show picked back up for me is when this match happened. Even though it was kind of a head scratcher, why didn't it go on last? I feel like the show picked up around this Jade match and then kind of. Yeah. Yeah. When they had a surprise. Yeah. With Chris Statlander. Um, this didn't go on last because they didn't want to clean up all the blood and shit like that. Probably all the toys, all the thumbtacks. They didn't want to have to get the ring ready again for another main event. I'd imagine. Um, like a cop out. Also, like John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, uh, the Young Bucks, all of them way bigger stars than. Darby Allen, Jack Perry, Sammy Guevara. MJF can hang with them, but those other three, they're not in the same league as the people that I named before that. Well, bingo, you hit it on the head, but it's still your world title. So if those three weren't ready to main event, then don't make the match. Give them time to build up more. Seth Rollins wasn't in the fucking main event. And AJ. I didn't like that either. Okay, I'm just... I'm just being, being equal. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. Like, the, the world title should be the main event unless it's, like, crazy circumstances. And I th- I think an Anarchy in the Arena match is a big enough match to main event over the world title. I'm not mad at it because, like you said, those guys are bigger stars. But, like I said, like, if those other those three other pillars aren't ready to be the main event, then they'll make the match. Yeah. You're right. But it, as far as the actual match goes, it was highly entertaining. All those guys could go in the ring. Uh, before the match, Tay Mello and, or T- and Guevara announced that they're having a child. Um, also today, Alexa Bliss and Ryan Cabrera announced they're having a child too. Really? So, yeah. That's why she's been gone. Congratulations to Alexa Bliss. I think they're kind of dropping the ball with the Sammy thing, though, because it seems like they're trying to tease him being a face now. Yeah. I think the way to turn him face again is have him dump Tay on screen. That's not a baby face thing. But that's when he started, make her be a bitch. That's when he started getting heat is when they were all on screen kissing each other, being annoying. That makes have him a baby be- face. Have you seen that woman? I mean, that's a different story. That's another topic. Um, 
but have her like be abusive to him on screen and then have him dump her because well, I feel like fans are kind of still half in on whether to cheer him or not. I feel like that back. that behind the scenes show makes you like both of them more than what they play on TV. I haven't watched it, so yeah, they're right. both they're both really like likable on that show. The the little bit that I've seen of it, um, Sammy can be a babyface anytime, man. Like all they gotta do is pull the fucking trigger. Um, I did like the spot where Darby did the Scorpion Death Drop. Sammy did the fucking Code Breaker. Uh, Jack Perry did the what's Christian's move, the Unprettier, and then yeah. MJF did the Crossroads. Crossroads. Yeah, I did like that a lot. That that was really well done. Um, back to the the pregnancy thing, real quick. I was going to say this. There was a tweet earlier that said, if you work with Oscar, you get pregnant. And it was Becky Lynch, uh, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, and Lacey Evans. All of them, like, in a program with Oscar, and they end up pregnant right after. So apparently she's got more than green mist coming out. Uh. <laughs> I wonder if somebody could dig into archives. She might have something with a. High back in NXT. <laughs> I'm sure she did. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah. So speaking of the main event, Anarchy in the Arena, the Elite, and the Blackpool Combat Club, Combat Club uh, the BCC get the win with help from Takeshita. And yeah, I. this was a crazy fucking match. M- Matt Jackson fucking did a super kick with... Explosive Jordans. Dynamite. Yeah. Um, that was stupid, but like, well, all right, whatever, I guess. I guess it's fun. I just feel like Willie Yuta looks so out of place in this match. You said that last week, too. I like Yuta as like the, the young boy of the group. Maybe it's just an aesthetic thing with your with him. Maybe you just don't like his. He's just not a, like I've, you got Brian Danielson, one of the best wrestlers in the world. John Moxley, like one of the best hardcore wrestlers in the world. Cesaro, pound for pound, like one of the strongest wrestlers in the world. Kenny Omega, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Hangman, best wrestler. Young Bucks, like, you know, people say they're one of the best tag teams in the world. I don't agree. And then you got Wheelie Yuta. Hey, man. That's how you build towards the future. He's probably the only person in the match less than 30 years old. I don't mind it. He got the pinfall. That little fucking hook he did on Omega was pretty dope. I think they did that on purpose to give him a little bit of clout. But like you said, it was a fun match. You know, it wasn't a traditional match, so it's not going to be on anybody's six-star list, Meltzer. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. And then, you know, they finally build a little bit of storyline at the end with Takeshita interfering. We don't know if he's BCC aligned or not. We don't even know if uh, Callus is in the BCC. Yeah. A lot of questions to be answered tomorrow. So, overall, I feel like they started off hot and ended hot. So, I give the pay-per-view like a B-. minus. I don't think I've given any grades to him. I feel like of the three pay-per-views, this was the worst one. But if this was a standalone pay-per-view, 
and it wasn't Night of Champions and it wasn't NXT, I probably would have had no complaints about this pay-per-view. So so now you're letting the other product skew your view of the pay-per-view. Not necessarily skew my view, but compared to the other two pay-per-views, this one was not on par with those. But if it was a standalone pay-per-view and I didn't just see the the good shit that I saw in the other two, I probably would judge this one a little bit differently. But when you see fucking Jimmy Uso and Roman Reigns and Bianca Belair losing to Asuka and fucking Tiffany Stratton winning the title and Carmelo versus Breaker, like, you got all of this shit that's happening that's super fucking good, and then AEW comes along, it, it just wasn't as good as the rest of it. But it was a good pay-per-view. Those are great. This it, one was good. I guess it depends on what you're looking for out of a show because yeah. there was no technical wrestling on any of the matches now that I think about it on this AEW show. Not, yeah, because you, when you watch AEW, that's what you expect in like six, seven-star matches. None of that was on this show. It was a lot of brawls and a lot of hardcore stuff. So. Yeah. I bet if AEW would have came on Saturday afternoon and Night of Champions would have came on Sunday night, I wonder how my thinking would be then. Maybe they had the maybe they had the unfortunate timing of being the last show on on the weekend and, you know, just fucking exhausted from wrestling. Maybe if it wasn't maybe if it was on at fucking one o'clock on a Saturday and I'm like hyped up for it, maybe I view it a little different. I don't know. But for whatever reason this to me, AEW had the worst show of the weekend. Um, I think even if they had it in um, separate orders, you'd probably still feel the same because the Night of Champions would be the last thing that you remember of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> the last thing, yeah, the, the last thing you remember at fucking 1045 on Sunday night is Jimmy Uso kicking Roman in the face. There ain't shit AEW could have did that would have competed with that. Something so small. Just one guy kicking another guy in the face. But because of the story, it fucking capsizes anything AEW could have done. My my biggest problem was the crowd. Now that AEW is four years deep, you're starting to see a little bit of diminishing returns with these places that they keep going back over and over to. Mm -hmm. This is probably the worst AEW crowd that I could think of for a pay-per-view. And Vegas in general, though, it's not really a wrestling town, which is kind of weird because it's a boxing and UFC town. And WWE, even WWE, they had problems selling tickets to Money in the Bank. They had to change arenas. Yeah, so, but they tried to do the fucking Raiders Allegiant. stadium. Yeah, they tried to do Allegiant, but still, Vegas is not like a wrestling wrestling town. And you go in there every year, and it's a bunch of nomads that go to Vegas. Like, a lot of people move to Vegas, so... um yeah, I think they need to start moving this pay-per-view around. Maybe go to Atlantic City. Uh, I love they had a pay-per-view in Atlanta. Them or WWE. Yeah. Uh, like, you, you went into the Double Nothing in uh, Jacksonville. That was popping. So yeah. They need to start moving this pay-per-view around. And then they're going to probably start running into this problem a little bit. Now they're having two shows a week now. They need to start spreading these shows out and quit going to the same places over again. Yeah, I think they're... The I think they're a little timid with trying new cities on TV, maybe because they don't know what the turnout's going to be for it. 
So they go back to what they know. But like you said, like you've been to Chicago like 18 times. You know, you've been to Vegas like six or seven times. You've been in New York like a handful of times. Those people are going to get burned out on it. That going to AEW for the first time is way different than going to AEW for the fourth time. Especially when it's like in a two year period. WWE hasn't been here in. We had a house show here uh, about six, seven months ago. But as far as like a live show, I think WrestleMania, WrestleMania in Dallas was the last time WWE was here in Atlanta. So they're going to be here July 17th. We're fucking ready. Like, let's go. We haven't seen WWE here in a long time. AEW hadn't been here in well over a year. So if they come back through here again, they can go back to State Farm. They don't have to go to that little fucking arena they did. You have to give people time to want your product to be there as opposed to being like, well, four months later, we're going back to Vegas. So I I think you're absolutely right. Like they need to spread it out and try hitting some of these little fucking WCW towns from back in the day. Go to fucking Winston-Salem. Go to Wilkes Bar. Go to fucking all these little hillbilly towns in South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. Like, go to those where WCW used to be. You're still in the fucking Saturday Night graphic. You might as well steal the fucking fans from back then. You don't need to go to these 20,000-seat arenas for dynamite. Go to the 5,000, like you said, in smaller towns, Winston-Salem, Greenville, South Carolina, all these other places. Because I feel like 80%, 90% of the charm is why I even enjoy AEW is because that energy from the crowd, because the storylines are all over the place. So if they end up losing the, the crowd and it's kind of lame, that might be the first time where you start seeing me kind of stray away from the product if they don't ha- have these hot crowds in the future. Yeah. And I don't think the fan, the average fan on watching on TV can tell you the difference between a 5,000-seat stadium and a 15,000-seat stadium unless one's full and one's empty. If the 15,000-seat stadium is empty, you can see that. If the 5,000-seat stadium is full, you can see that as well. Yeah, and it's a little bit more intimate and people are jammed closer together. The noise will be even better if you're like in a jam-packed 5,000 up. $5,000, 5,000-seat 5, arena. Yeah. And even if you only had 8,000 people that wanted to go and there's only 5,000 tickets available, that means those 5,000 people want to fucking be there. And they're going to cheer. They're going to boo. They're going to react. They're going to do everything you're supposed to. Yeah, I, you know, for whatever reason, it seems easy us sitting here talking about it. I'm sure Tony Khan's got analytic guys on this shit to where... You know, how else would they know to fucking go to England and sell 70,000 tickets without a card? Yeah, you're not going to be in England every week. Though. You still got to pay attention to what's happening over here domestically. I I like how they're doing. They're doing a little uh, tour over Canada, so I think that'll be good. Those but tickets aren't even spot- selling that well, though. Oh, they aren't? I didn't really pay attention. Yeah, from last, last I heard, those tickets aren't really, which is why they announced, you know, they'll be in Chicago and... Everybody's assuming CM Punk's going to be there now. I don't know. I think they need to spread the wealth to, like you said, some of these smaller towns in America, some of these smaller arenas. Sometimes less is more. 
Uh, let's get into our power rankings, EJ. Yes, sir. I will say that my power rankings are all women this week. Really? Yep. My power rankings are all champions. So we both got a theme to our power rankings. Uh, I'll start my number five. She defeated somebody that was on the power rankings last week. A woman who you've heard me shit on constantly. (laughs) Trish Stratus. Number five in my power rankings this week. Big win over Big Time Bex at a big pay-per-view. Cut a decent promo. She's building up Zoe Stark, you know, who I'm not a fan of, but Trish is giving her the rub. Trish Stratus is my number five. Okay. Um, I wonder where they're going with with her storyline because obviously they're going to continue it by the way she won and she was drafted to the show, so I'm guessing she's doing the little edge, like, you know, part-time superstar that's kind of there. When your kids get to a certain age, you just want to go back to work. That's probably that's what I was thinking. Too. <laughs> Those motherfuckers are annoying. You just want to go back to work. Okay, you got Trish. I got uh, the only champion that retained on my list is my number five, and that's Mr. Wesley. I think this may be my favorite match of the weekend. The mm. triple threat they had, and uh, I picked against him, and he proved me wrong. But I have Mr. Wesley. Still your NXT North American champion. Uh, my number four is your new NXT women's champion, Stephanie Stratton. They give him her ball, and let's see what she has. Uh, my number four is... Could easily be my number one if it was done right. But you can't discount the fact that the woman that she beat was 60 and zero. I'm going to put Chris Statlander as my number four. Hey, he dethroned a historical reign. Yeah. As, as much as I didn't like the booking, you still can't discount the fact that the person that she beat fought 60 other motherfuckers before her and didn't lose to any of them. So... <laughs> That, that that right there says something. Uh, my number three will be a woman that is now a two-time AEW Women's Champion, Miss Tony Storm. Ooh, man, that might be an honorable mention. She's not on my list, but that's a good one. You think is she going to be a transitional champion, or are they going to actually give her a good run? I think this outcast storyline has legs and with Jamie Hayter being hurt, honestly, this is probably just a way to get the belt back on Britt Baker. I hope not. I know. I like Britt Baker better as a heel. I feel like they're still leaving meat on the bone with her and Jamie Hayter. They need to turn each other eventually. But it's kinda weird, uh, Tony Storm being having the belt and you still got uh Soraya over there. She's supposed to be like the focal point, I thought. So, yeah, learn how to wrestle. <laughs> so that was your. So she was your number three. Yep. My number three is reverse with your number four. I got Chris Statlander, your new TBS Women's Champion. Ho- 
Hopefully she doesn't get hurt. Let's see what she could actually do with this belt. She's no longer running with the best friends, I'm guessing. Or are they gonna have some kind of reunion? You know, she was she was running with them when she got hurt. She was. Hmm. That's a good that's a good point. I don't know what they're gonna do with that. Like when she's with the best friends, she was doing the alien stuff, so maybe she she was kinda leaning away from the alien gimmick though then. Yeah, because she had, she had, the last time she came back from injury, I don't think she was doing the alien thing. Mm. She had changed her she had changed her outfit. She wasn't dressing all crazy anymore. She's dressing a little darker. Um, I do feel like if her moveset changed, like I feel like she was what we were talking about with Carmelo. She was doing too many high risk moves, and I think that's why she got hurt as much as she did. I think if she changes her moveset up a little bit, I think she'll be all right. Well, let's hope for the best, and let's hope she stays healthy. My number two is your new, I guess it's, it's the Raw Championship, the new Raw Women's Champion, mm-hmm. Oscar. She ended a historic reign too. Wasn't Bianca the longest reigning women's champion? Uh, the modern mm-hmm. era, yeah. She's held that. She's held the Raw Women's Championship longer than anybody else has. Becky was the one before that, and she broke Becky's record. Yeah. Uh, my number two, your new NXT Women's Champion, Miss Tiffany Stratton. Um, I put her as number two over. T- Tony Storm's match was kind of not fair because they like jumped her beforehand. Um, Statlander's match was kind of not fair because, you know, Jade had already wrestled a match. And then Trish, her match was against Becky. She cheated, and it wasn't a title match. So I feel like Tiffany Stratton, fair and square, just fucking wins the NXT Women's Championship with the prettiest moonsault ever. Shout out to Tiffany Stratton. My number one... Finally decided. My number one you just talked about ended the historic Raw Women's Championship reign of Bianca Belair. And it's been so long since we've seen Bianca's shoulders down on the mat. Like, it almost looked weird, right? Like, <laughs> the referee counting to three. You're almost like, wait, what the fuck? Was that supposed to happen? Yeah. Fucking... How do you say that? She doesn't take the pin at all in, like, tag team matches, so... It's yeah. been a while. Last time she Probably lost was to Becky. Yeah. Yeah. So, Asuka defeats Bianca Belair to become your new Raw Women's Champion. It's top of my list for power rankings this week. My number one is your new World Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, still kind of feels like a secondary championship, but... Seems like he's going to be on TV every week, so let's see what he does with this championship belt. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And those are your power rankings. Mine were Trish, Statlander, Tony Storm, Tiffany Stratton, and Oscar. I pause with mine because, I, as usual, everybody, I don't write mine down. I just go off the top of the dome. And those are my power rankings. EJ, run, run through yours one more time. I had Wesley at five, Tiffany Stratton at four, 
Statlander at three, Oscar at two, Rollins at one. Women heavy. Eight out of the fucking ten power rankings were women this month or this week. So shout out to the ladies for fucking putting it down this past weekend. For sure. You also have new Raw or new women's tag team champions with uh, Ronda Rousey and uh, what's her name? Baszler. Shayna Baszler. Hey, I need to start putting some respect on Ronda's name. Cut that scathing promo in the back after she won. <laughs> What's she say? These nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, start. You know, start respecting Ronda. She's not not having a stranglehold on the main title. She got the tag team title, so quick bitching and moaning out there for all the Ronda Rousey haters. I agree. Uh, you got anything you want to say before we get up out of here, EJ? Uh, shout out to all the listeners out there supporting us. Uh, be on the lookout next week. I think Thursday we'll be doing another Haymaker MMA episode for all you people that actually like MMA. And uh, shout out to your podcast, 80 Proof, as well. Y'all be on tomorrow, right? Yep. Tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash 80 Proof Pod. Audio will be released uh, from Boots to the Face in a couple of days here. So if you didn't catch us live, on Twitch, which is where you should be every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Always download us on whatever your favorite podcast player is. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating, a review, a like, a share, a follow, all that good shit. For EJ Reed, I'm Chris Rucker. This has been Boot to the Face here on Twitch. Till next week. Peace. Yeah, Mr. Chaos. Boots in the face. Let's go. California to Georgia, we get it poppin', homie. We taking over the game, so fuck who hating homie. We bounty hunting, taking all of the trash out. Your podcast, the one hit wonder like Smash Mouth. Y'all can talk all that big shit, don't wanna hear it. Shout out.